My name is Phil Stinson, and I'm an Associate Professor of Criminal Justice at Bowling Green State University. In this episode of the Police Integrity Loss Podcast, we listened to an interview of me that aired live July 8, 2016 on BBC World News. And uh, we can talk now to Dr. Philip Stinson, a former police officer and associate professor of criminology at Ohio's Bowling Green State University. Uh, Dr. Stinson, thank you very much for joining us on BBC News. It seems the case that tragedy begets tragedy and uh, that the deaths of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile have led to these events in Dallas. I mean, do you have any doubt in your mind that there is a connection between the two? Oh, no, absolutely. There, there's obviously a connection between the two. And unfortunately, in the last few years, during the heat of the summer, uh, we've seen a lot of uprisings, a lot of riots in, in some cities, uh, such as Baltimore. And, and this is just a, a tragic situation that's only getting worse. Uh, you've done a lot of research, I understand, into police conduct. And in that research, do you find that there is uh, a difference between the way police relate to African Americans uh, and the way they relate to white Americans? Well, one of the problems with police work in America is that there's a socialization process and there's a police subculture and that when a police officer over a number of years uh, continues to work as a police officer and gets more ingrained in that, it becomes an us versus them mentality. And in some situations what we're seeing is that it's almost combat policing. They're treating blacks, young, middle-aged blacks uh, as the enemy, really as the virtual enemy. That's a problem. But, you know, I have to keep reminding myself in my research that I deal with outliers. You know, I deal with the exception to the norm, and I study crime by police officers, and only a small fraction of 1% of all law enforcement officers in the United States ever get in trouble or ever get arrested. Uh, just go back to that point you made about a subculture. Uh, what's being done to try to, to deal with that subculture, to address that? I don't think anything's been done to address it. I mean, very few scholars study this area. Uh, people that work in police work, they acknowledge it, that it's an us versus them mentality, but they also perceive it as that's the way it needs to be because they're the good guys and they're dealing with bad guys. And if you look at the, the makeup of various police departments, are they generally representative of the communities they serve? Uh, so do you have a, a proportionate number of, uh, say, black officers uh, compared to the number of black people in the community uh, or not? No, in many places you don't. Some places you do. But it, it even gets complicated by the fact that in terms of hiring people, many large cities, including Philadelphia, have trouble finding people that pass their background checks. And that's absolutely true for African-American males who tend to get in trouble that live in the larger cities. Uh, so do you think that one way to, to try to address this is to do something about recruitment? Yeah, but here's the problem with that. It, from my research, what we see is that black officers typically, through the socialization process and the police subculture, the police officer mode takes over and they act the same way to other minorities that the white officers do. Let's look in a bit more detail now at what's happened in Dallas with this ambush as the Dallas police chief David Brown was describing on his officers. I mean, this is going to make life uh, hugely more difficult for those officers, isn't it, as they try to go about their business. And we have heard how uh, the police chief has tried to change the culture there in Dallas where officers aren't 
uh, stopping people, stopping uh, African Americans for, for, for minor things like a, a broken taillight, where he's tried to uh, create a different culture. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation. And one of the things that we have worked on in law enforcement over the last 30 years, things such as a critical incident stress debriefing. So when you have officers who are involved in highly tragic, unusual situations, and making sure that counseling is available, making sure that they understand that their feelings are normal and what they're going through is a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. So we have to keep in mind the mental health and the wellness of law enforcement officers and make sure that we're taking care of that and making sure that they understand that the vast majority of people in this country are behind law enforcement. Uh, and do you think it's going to be difficult, uh, I realize this is sort of stepping slightly outside your remit in terms of what you've studied, is it going to be difficult now for uh, protests, uh, peaceful protests to actually take place for people to be able to exercise their democratic right in the way that they were trying to do in Dallas last night? Now, I think that law enforcement uh, administrators, executives, officials understand that the First Amendment rights are absolutely paramount and that we have to allow uh, protesters. But there's a real niche here. We need to have creative nonviolence. We need to learn from the civil rights movement. You know, there need to be community leaders. We need to have, at all levels, we need to have activists and leaders in the black communities that, that stand up and take these roles because what we're seeing in these situations, there's a void there. There's an absence of leadership and you have young black blacks in these communities who were starved for direction and they need some guidance. You know, they aren't raised to be professional uh, protesters, professional advocates, and this is something new and there's a lot of rage and anger and it needs to be channeled and we need, you know, we need leadership. And obviously that's not something that I can do. I can't fill that void um, for, for many reasons, obviously, but it's important. It's important on all levels. So we've got a job to do in law enforcement. We've got a job to do in terms of uh, civil rights and, and activism. Uh, we've got policy making considerations that need to be made. We've got research considerations. There's a lot going on here. Okay, Dr. Philip Stinson, thank you very much. That concludes this episode of the Police Integrity Loss Podcast. This interview originally aired live on BBC World News on July 8, 2016. My name is Phil Stinson, and I'm an Associate Professor of Criminal Justice at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio. Support for the Police Integrity Laws podcast was provided by the Wallace Action Fund of Tides Foundation on the recommendation of Mr. Randall Wallace. For more information on my research, please go to www.bgsu.edu slash police integrity lost.